Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. We're off to the township of Turakina now in the Rangitike district of the North Island. On a cool and windy day at the height of summer, the tartan, bagpipes, sheafs and cabers were out in force at what's billed as New Zealand's longest continuously running Highland Games. They've been going for 159 years. The first person I bumped into was Derry Benton. Derry, what's your connection here? Um, well, we live about 300 metres away and it was either join it or move house. So, um, And I'm the... Um, they call it the chief of the Turakina Caledonian Society. It's just warming up here, isn't it? We yeah. have pipers getting their pipes out of the boot and everybody's uh, got their kilts on. Yeah. Going to yeah. be a great day? It's going to be a good day regardless. Um, the our, weather's not looking the too The weather's not, not the best, but it, it, it'll be all right. There, we'll be good. Now, tell me uh, your name. Yeah. Uh, Callum Khan. Originally from Masterton, I uh, live in Wellington now. I'm a tradie, I build car interiors for a living, and yeah, just here to enjoy the day, I suppose. Yeah. You are beautifully dressed. <laughs> Describe you what much. you're wearing. Uh, well, the typical uh, six yards of Scottish tartan to try and keep the wind away, uh, wool socks, wool jacket and waistcoat, long sleeve shirt and a tie. So, and your and, shoes. Yeah, and the brogues they, as well, yeah. Explain the brogues. They, they're they not just any old uh, no, leather no, brogues. They're traditional piping brogues, um, cut with the decoration there. Originally they were cut so that when you were walking along, they would let the water in and out. So, and the laces going and the right laces up going the ankle. Up the socks, yeah, to hold it all together. Tell me more about what you do in terms of the, the piping. Here playing solos today in the A grade, and I also play with a band, Manawatu Scottish of which uh, myself and four others lead the band in the, in the pipe core. We're uh, one of New Zealand's premier grade one bands. We're second at the Nationals last year. And then at, last year we also went to the World Pipe Band Championships and got ninth overall out of every band in the world. So, yeah, we had a, had a good run last year and we're hoping to, hoping to do a wee bit better even this year with the National Champs coming up. And how did you get into it? So I started when I was quite young, probably nine or ten. My grandfather played and uh, I kind of had no real choice in the matter. He just uh, took me along. This was actually my first Holland Games I played at back in 2008 when I was quite young. Um, yeah, and I just followed him around and ever since then I've been, uh, yeah, been coming back. I haven't missed a year yet. Do you have uh, Scottish heritage yourself? Yes, both sides, both sides, mother and father. So. And how does the Turakina one rate in terms of... It's actually pretty accurate to what a Scottish Holland Games is like. I. Uh, I did a wee bit of travelling around with my partner Kate this year in, in Scotland and did a few Highland Games, St Andrews, uh, Dornoch and a couple of others, Aboyne. And this is very typical of a Scottish Highland Games. Uh, you've got your big strongman events and then you've got your solo piping, solo drumming, the dancing, bands in the afternoon, stalls, lots of people, lots of displays here, yeah, it's great. Hello. Hello. 
I'm Sally from Radio New Zealand Country Life. Nice to meet you. Yeah, Bruce Kaywood. And this is really home for me. I'm a descendant of one of the old pioneer families that settled in the Rangitiki, what is Martin now. And so I've been coming to these games since 1955. Are you a piper yourself? I was, yeah. So What's your role now? I've been running the Peabrot board over there. Tell us about that. That's a special competition, isn't it? Is it is indeed, and uh, Peabrock is, uh, is very ancient music. It's uh, some 300 years old, and it's very, very difficult to learn and play. And uh, But by having young people learning that, their fingering gets so much better, and, and it just improves their whole piping, including the light music which they play in the bands and on these other boards. So amazing, isn't it? How important are these games to Turakina? and to this area? Well, it's the oldest continuous highland gathering in New Zealand. It's not the first one that started, but it's always gone on forever. And uh, in the war years, they had it in March. And this is a Scottish settlement, of course. All of the families here bought their land sight unseen while they were still in Scotland, and then sailed out, and I've lost the name of the ship they came on. Uh, there was some many families here still uh, on the original farms. Uh, the Grants at Tullock Gorham and the uh, Glasgow's down there at, um, uh, at their farm just down the road. They're still on the original farms that they settled, you know, 150, 160 years ago. Amazing, isn't it? Hello. Hello. I can't help but uh, stop while I'm walking past because you are amazingly dressed. <laughs> I am. Thank you. Tell me about what you're wearing. Um, I think actually I'll need Ian to. I'm... So she's dressed as a warrior princess. Yeah. Like Merida from the movie Brave. What she's carrying is a Celtic sword with a brass handle. She has, if you spin around Miranda, a wolf's tail. <laughs> and a pouch, and on the far side she has an archer's axe. She has her quiver of arrows. But I'm proudly also wearing my own McLaughlin sash, so that's a bit special. And what are you representing? We, we do the cultural end of Scottish um, Highland Games. So the clan tents all along here represent the ancient clans of Scotland. And people come, uh, they have displays of their tartan, their genealogy, their history, and they tell stories, some of which may be true. <laughs> Are there many members of this clan here? No, in New we're Zealand very now? rare, very rare. So we say, yeah, first on the field, last to leave, which is why we are so few. A Keith. And how did you become so interested in, in the clan history? Three of my grandparents are uh, Keiths, um, so I was kind of born into it. Um, and I, my mother did a lot of genealogy, um, much of which was wrong, so predating the, gen, the DNA era. Um, and I inherited all this when she died in 2005. I kind of got curious about you know, grasping for the Y chromosome, where have I come from? Um, and took on this role as the convener for the clan in 2012. It's incredible, isn't it, that there are still so many of these games happening here in New Zealand. Yes, there used to be a lot more. So once back in the day, there used to be an event like this on every provincial anniversary. And they were huge. And they had 
all sorts of things like bicycle races and walker races and a lot of drinking, <laughs> a lot of storytelling, <laughs> a lot of lies told. <laughs> it's part of our heritage. Um, but it's kind of cool. You get to meet a lot of people. Uh, we've made a lot of good friends. Um, people come up and they say, I want to understand more about my heritage. Um, and we have, we have books of Scottish names and stuff like that, so we can help people who, who aren't necessarily connected to us. I spotted a member of the McPhee clan standing in the middle of the field wearing the McPhee tartan. Tell me what else you're wearing. What else I'm wearing? Nothing under the kilt, check on, hose, um, polo shirt with McPhee logo. Uh, dressed up for the McPhees and to be identified as a McPhee for passerby. We, we got a wee island off the west coast of Scotland called Collinsay, and that's where our last chief was. Unfortunately, he was murdered in 1623 by a Macdonald. Clan relationships, it, how are they today with the McDonald's? Oh, we never eat a McDonald. Um, yeah, we're, it's just a um, long-term thing. We don't eat McDonald's. and. Um, we were actually a broken clan for many, many years and then we were uh, reformed as a clan and we've had um, three commanders. Our last one just resigned a couple of months ago and now we're going through the process with the Lord Lion of Scotland to identify a new commander and then they'll look for a, a new chief. The idea is to try and find a, a chiefly line from the guy that was murdered 400 years ago, which is almost impossible. It's not going to happen. Why do you think Scottish heritage is so strong, you know, having these events like this yeah. on the other side of the world? It's just that strong connection back, back home, you know, just to be back home. And we call it home, it's not home. But it's just a general feel. And when you go over there, you feel, it feels like home. And it's widespread. Since the clearances, they took with them their culture and their pipes and, and that, that, that culture, and it's still there. Tell me about your son and his journey into bagpiping. Ah, right. Well, we came uh, 15 years ago. We originally from Malaysia, both of us from Malaysia, and he was born here. Yeah. His dad joined the Wellington uh, Wellington pipe band. We thought that because the dad is playing drum, we thought that he will go to the drum. And finally, he said, "No, no, no. I'm I'm looking for the bagpipe." I said, "Oh, okay. Something new." For us, for the whole family actually. <laughs> so since then, yes, he joined the, uh, I think he started to join when he was six years old. Yeah. How old is he now? Uh, he's nine. Tell me about what you're going to play. I'm going to play Duncan McKenna's the 2-4 March. And I'm really looking forward to the comment he, uh, the judge g gives me. Is and it hard to play the bagpipes? Um, if you um, learn, yeah, it's not that hard. What was the easiest thing for you? The easiest thing for me? I think it was the 
goose when I was seven, I think. What's the goose? Uh, it's like a basic version of the bagpipes with no drones. And the chanter is a, a little bit more slow. Well, good luck today. Thank you. been a kilt maker since 2018 when I first started training. It's an ongoing process. How do you train as a kilt maker? I uh, go over to Scotland and find a kilt maker to teach you. Are there many of them? They have been getting a lot less but um, they've been doing a campaign over there to get young ones to start training as kilt makers. What does it take to make a kilt? How intricate is it? Because you've got all those pleats, haven't you? I could show you. Um, I've got one here which I'm in the middle of making. This is a um, Maxwell tartan. It is beautiful. There's eight yards in this. The back of it's all pleated and it's all mathematically put together so that you get the right size. I generally just mark them out, then I pin them and stitch them. They're all hand stitched. How long does it take you to make and, and how many pleats are there? Each one's individual, depending on the size of the tartan. This one's got, I think it's 29 pleats on it, but they can go anything up to about 40 or from, from 20 up to 40. Tell us a little bit about the, the construction and, and what it means. Basically when you're walking, although it's all, all attached at the moment, you actually see the um, different parts of the tartan. So the point of the pleats is really just to show off the beauty of, of the fabric? Yeah. Yep. And also to give you room to move. <laughs> they can be a bit of a liability in a high wind though. Uh, they're quite heavy. This one's a 16 ounce, which I recommend for the winds in this country. <laughs> um, and you also have a kilt pin on the front, uh, like I have. today? Oh, we have a selection of um, homemade, genuine baking from the Women's Institute and jams and preserves from uh, our own gardens. Yeah. All baked by local women? Yes. Local yes. women and, and men? Do you have any men do some baking? No. Men seem to have an aversion to the Women's Institute for some reason, but they would be very welcome to come. <laughs> And you ladies, have you um, been doing this for a while? Um, this is my first year at it because um, I haven't been in Turkina very long, although I'm now the president. <laughs> um, so yes, I've gone trying to do my part 
and um, yeah, I've been enjoying the day, really enjoying it. Is the Women's Institute in good health? It's declining because the younger people, um, you know, they've got other things in their life and those that have retired are probably looking after their grandchildren or, or even their great-grandchildren. Um, and it has it's come down a lot from what it used to be. But we're still happy. We're still getting a new member occasionally. Events like this must be important for your profile. Oh, definitely, definitely. Let them know, because already this morning we've got one lady's come along and interested in joining. So, you know, that's why we need to come out and promote ourselves. Oh, uh, yeah. Good on you. Yeah. And are you from the local area? Yourself? Yeah, yeah um, yes, yes. I come from Martin, and but we're a blend now. But my mother joined the Turakina Women's Institute in 1955, so when I was quite young. <laughs> yes. And do you always turn out for the Turakina Highland Games? Absolutely. Yes, How I used to come with my mother. Oh, did you? When I was a child. Yeah. And what was it like in those days? Oh, pretty much the same, I think. Yes, yes. I think the interest seems to have grown, though. Um, there seems to be a lot more interest now in people's heritage, you know. I think it's it's a wonderful thing, and um, it's a cultural thing for the Scottish people, Celtic. Yeah. A good turnout today? Yes. Just the shame the weather is not, you know, because they've taken the dancing away, and um, so the dancing adds a lot to it but unfortunately they've gone to Martin and um, because of the weather yeah but we'll still see some of the uh, field events later in the day oh, here yes yes we're looking forward to that yes you can't beat strong men in skirts <laughs> <laughs> What's in that sack? Uh, chaff. How heavy is it? Uh, I don't know, it's got to be 10 kgs. <laughs> yeah. What's the technique? Uh, a lot of them, they... Well, when you watch these guys, some of them like the the Scotsman guy over there, they all have different techniques, some like to hold the, the pitchfork at the front and throw it and... I What's just, your technique? Flip it over the, flip it over the pole. <laughs> well and truly. <laughs> what's, what's your record? Whoops, there goes um, another one. Oh, we got about three quarters up the pole. But one year there, there was one guy, he nearly got to the... He uh, nearly went, went off the top of the wood into the thing. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, yeah, yeah. nine, but was, ten metres high. Yeah, but it's, it's, it was like an ideal condition. There was no winds and stuff like that. The wind does affect it, does yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my name is Ben Caldwell. I'm a communications coordinator with Dungatake District Council. And you're competing here today as well. Yes, I am. Yep, it's about our fifth time visiting uh, Turakina for the Highland Games. And, um, yeah, I've had mixed success over the years, but I uh, thought I'd jump in again today. You've just been tossing the sheath. Yes, not very successfully. I'm out at my customary third round, so yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed, but it's not really my event. Uh, shot put and caber are more my, uh, more my specialities. Tell us a bit about the history of the, the sheath and the caber events. From what I understand is um, back in the, the, the old days, back in Scotland, um, you had a sheath of wool, uh, or a bag of wool, and it was basically um, 
you had to get the uh, fork into it and flick it up as high as you can. Okay, but I'm not entirely sure, but all I know is how to compete. Um, so basically the aim of the caber is not to throw it very far, but it's to land it at 12 o'clock. And yeah. how heavy is that caber? And what um, is a caber? Uh, it's a long pole um, made of wood. Uh, don't know the weight of it. My old term it was like 12 stone, but these are a little bit smaller for us because we're not professionals. <laughs> <laughs> You've moved to the region from Ayrshire, Scotland, uh, west coast of Scotland. Why? Why did you come? Um, well, my sister is here. She's been here for seven years. She lives up in Tauranga. So we um, visited about five years ago and just totally fell in love with the place. Geographically, it's a lot like Scotland, but the weather's better. Um, and uh, sports opportunities for the kids. Uh, both kids are pretty sporty and um, and they're loving it so far. Um, not just football on offer, there's rugby, there's hockey, there's cricket, there's swimming, so yep, they're enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, the wind's come today, so I think we're channeling a little bit of Scottish weather. Um, but yeah, no, good. It's um, I love seeing different faces, different accents. It's not all just Scotland, it's people that's got a bit of a connection to Scotland. That's what we like to hear. And is it, I mean, it is amazing. You're on the other side of the world and you've got this totally Scottish flavour here. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible how you can come fly, take four, what, four planes we took to get here. Yeah. Um, and now we've come to a place where everyone has a connection. There's stories about Scotland. There's masses and masses of um, bagpipes, so yeah. Thoroughly enjoy it. Kaylee Johnson at the Turakina Highland Games. You also heard from Dari Benton, Callum Khan, Bruce Kayward, Ian Dixon, Glenn McPhee, Gillian Futcher, Hainsey, and Ben Caldwell, among others. There's a video of the day and heaps of photos, including some of the Highland dancing, on our webpage. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.